This is Church Information and Open Forum and Marion Barnett, your host. We each and every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on KNON. 89.3 FM on your dial, the voice of the people. Got a lot of things going on, a lot of things going on, a lot of things to talk about. And we just got to look at things as they are. We cannot imagine some of the things that we've heard and has been told us, given us excuses for, for uh, annihilating, trying to uh, do away, our way, I guess, with the black meal. I don't know. It's just been a terrible, terrible time there now. We've always had problems with death and brutality from the police because the police from the very beginning uh, was male police forces started from all over America started out to capture runaway slaves. And then they went from there and, and became a part of some of everything in America and in American society. It still has the same mentality that it started with when it started in capturing slaves. The only thing, it was better then in a way than it is now because they didn't want to bring a slave back dead because they, they lost money. The slave was brought back dead. They wanted to bring him alive. Well, what happened? Now they just want to kill. Who can believe anybody with any common sense, any exposure whatsoever, would know you cannot mistake a, a block for a taser. No way. You ran them on two different sides. And then then that one is so much heavier and bigger than the other. How can you do it? And there in Minneapolis itself. I don't know. I'm not going to go out screaming and howling. I thank God the trial went the way it went and uh, and Look like this policeman is going to get some time and all of this. I don't know. They may not even find him guilty. You just never know how these things work. It's just a sad situation. Sad commentary on this whole thing, on this whole nation. How many? And no telling how many has been shot uh, since George Floyd. But uh, they, they, they don't talk about it. They don't talk about it much. It's a sad situation. What do you think should happen to the policeman that kept his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds? Or this policewoman that uh, killed this young man, Mr. Wright? What do you think? If they are found guilty, it's 10 years now. You say, I know that, 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 that's a long time. That's, is that enough for taking a human life? Is 10 years enough? Is that enough for callously? Both of these were cold-blooded 
killings. Cold blood. What if it had been vice versa? Would uh, Mr. Floyd, uh, Mr. Wright, would they have been given only 10 years? Or would they be given the death penalty? Why? Why? If they're convicted. If they're convicted. Why would people be settled with settled for 10 years? Why? Because they can file to get out of it earlier and I doubt if they even searched the 10. But even if they did, is that enough? Is that enough? I wonder about that. To take a human life just recklessly, just to be doing something because you know this is a black person and you can get away with it pretty well will be treated with kid girl fair. Everything, everything is said about them, well, maybe they didn't know this or they didn't know that. Given all the options of them not being what they are, evil murderers. It's just that simple. They are evil murderers. What should be done? Is 10 years enough? 972-647-1893 is the number to call. Tell us. Tell us. What do you think? Because as long as we lay passive about this and just take whatever they give us, we'll always be given harsh, severe sentences, which is death, and they get off light. I told you, when that young man told Amber Geiger that he forgive her and went out and hugged her and the, and the, and the judge gave her a Bible, I told y'all that was the wrong thing. That was the right thing at the wrong time. That's what I said. That was not the time for this. Because by doing that, knowing the media was going to play that up, they were going to play that up big, that was sending signal to many other races that are on these police departments. Y'all keep talking about training. Training don't have anything to do with this. This is pure de-racism, bigotry, hatred. Just tell it like it is. Training has nothing to do with this. People grew up in a hostile society taught that African Americans and we we are things, not people. Taught that all their life. And you think you can take a crash course at a police department and get rid of all this out of our psyche? There's no way. No way that this can happen. And we have to be so passive, so forgiving. And we don't realize we're sending other signals. I forgive you. Well, to others, they saying, well, kill some more. You don't believe that? Just observe what happens. Once we just go, they used to come and, and probably still do come and have church with us in the house. 
sing and pray with them and everything. You know about, about those matters, but you're one of them see if they're going to go to church with you. And come on. Come on, people. You got to be for real. We have got to be for real. You got to stand strong and stand for the, against those who murder us. Uh, do y'all, some of y'all, I don't know, some of you have such, I don't know, messed up Christianity. I don't know. Not Christianity is messed up, but the way you interpret it is all messed up. The Bible never teaches you can't defend yourself. The Bible never teaches that we can't retaliate against those who are murdering us. There are many things that the Bible teaches. God, the Bible says that God is a man of war. Oh, yes, he does. And when we begin to realize how people so just so suddenly can come to us with and crying and whining or give us a smile and everything, and we forgive. We, won't, we don't forgive our own. And we shouldn't. And we certainly shouldn't forgive someone else who violates us. When are we going to stand up and be the men and women that God created us to be? When are we going to stand up? Stand up and let the world know, you know, that you're God's chosen people. When are you going to stand up? You talk. Do we use Christianity as a tool to hide behind? Is used like that? It's not. It was not meant to be a religion for cowardice people, but people that are bold, more than conquerors, strong, strong godly people, first class all the way, not second class. It's a sad situation that we have, we have, we have, we have going for us. Sad situation. I posed a question on last week. Should we do away with laws that govern dope and prostitution? And some of you answered it right. But some of you just missed that it is nothing but a couple of pillars that holds up white supremacy. You can't see it. You can't see it. Because one of the main problems with this situation, <coughs> we are the only people ever known in the history of mankind that serve our enemies, God. Known people. The serve of God in the image of our enemy. Why are we like that? Why do we serve of God? And the Bible clearly explains to us who he was, what he looked like, explains to where all of the biblical stories and everything happened within 
a land of our nativity. But we go off behind what somebody else changed, changed the images, changed, changes uh, pictures and writings. And now we found it out. We found it out years ago, but now we're still teaching it. And people still go behind others, go behind others, serving a God that looks like those who oppress us. Isn't it sad? We're sad people. People, wake up. We can change that in one split second. That's why I said, we couldn't change it, I guess I would have to let it go. But it can be changed in a split second. The Bible teaches us about the renewing of our minds. We need to renew our minds, our whole thinking. Renew this. Tells us in a couple of places in the Bible to do that. Renew our thinking. I'm not talking about change from love to hate, no. I'm talking about thinking about things that that's destructive and destructive behavior for us. And we don't even seem to realize. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. What about this? What about these people that has given us an image of a God? Doesn't look like him. Who oppresses? What about it? What about this situation? Are we going to continue in that same vein? Or else we're going to change and change and make sure our children don't have a God? that he will worship, they will worship. That's in the image of their oppressor. We're the only people in the history of the world that ever did that. And by doing that, we're the only people in the world that really finance their own oppression. We are the first to do some of everything and it needs to be changed. We're asked to recognize who is God's chosen people. We don't recognize it. We don't preach it. We don't seem to care about delivering our people to first-class citizenship. We don't, uh, you know, just, we got too many people that don't seem to care. I'm talking about preachers that don't seem to care about bringing our people to first-class citizenship. Why don't they care? Because they're living good under this system. They are living good as long as they can keep our people ignorant about what's, what they're doing and what's happening to them. And as I guess as long as it's good to them, they will never change. That's a sad situation. Preachers, you're going to have to answer to God for this. You're going to have to answer to God for this.
for doing this. This is worse than an atrocity. This is, this, this is just awesome, worship, terrible, sad situation. Well, today, <coughs> we don't have many people want to talk this morning. You know, maybe they don't want to talk on this subject. But if you're going to talk, you're going to have to call. And when we see how people that are misled are so it's difficult to lead them back to the direction that they really should be going. <coughs> they think of every excuse in the world not to do what the Bible tells us to do. Every excuse in the world not to be the people God would have us to be. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Everything in the world not to do what's right. Every excuse. Every excuse. Every excuse. We have got to do what's right, people. 972-647-1893. Those are calling. Just hang on in there. Here, take your calls and take in everything, and uh, I'll take your calls when I get right back. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three is the number to call. All righty, Jason, who do we have? All right, this is Tony. All right. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, man. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Oh, I can explain. Explain. Mm-hmm. I want to go down this avenue because you know most people don't know the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about Egypt. Egypt is like a second tier, but Egypt and the Bible are a link. When, when uh, Abraham and Sarah went to Egypt, and I'm let me put Egypt in context. Egypt has been conquered by eleven times. You know, if you be, and I might it might even be, be more, but I'm going to use the Bible as reference of what you're saying true about the Bible. And black women. Abraham and Sarah went to, to uh, Egypt. Abraham told Sarah, hey, you my sister. And we go into that as a side note. Mm-hmm. You know, he did the Sarah was like, I, I, I like this woman. Who will this, who will that? But why did you tell me that that's just a wife? Now, color is a factor here because we know what she did. We know what color they were. It's on the Hollywood. So you tell the people what color they wear. Tell them. Black. Right. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I, I, you know, he wasn't pale. You know, he wasn't uh, whatever. Now, mm-hmm. this goes to uh, Joseph. Joseph was put in a, in a hole by his brother. A caravan come by. Oh, we're going to put them up in, 
in Egypt. There is no way a pharaoh can make you a general or a captain in their military and give you the choice land mm -hmm. if you don't like them. Right? It would have been a white character on the, on the, on the, on the hieroglyph if that happened. That's number two. Oh, Jesus. My mother, 30 years his mother and father go high from Paris and Egypt. Why didn't go anywhere else? I didn't go to Mesopotamia. I didn't go anywhere else. They went to Egypt. If Jesus was white, hmm, why would you hide him in Egypt where I can spot him out? Mm -hmm. And then, in the, and I think the New Testament, it says, you'll have and see him. And I'm him. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, give you those examples. We can give you Moses White. You know, people don't even know when they come to the four rivers. I think Chris or Chris is one of them. You know, and, and, and then Eden is, is, is in Iraq. So, but, but I'm gonna make it with your point. People use the Bible and they have used the Bible. Like, I, I say this. With respect, the um, Catholic Church conquered people, didn't make them submissive, or to comply or obey. And so, what has happened is this we have 529 years of westernization of the Bible and world history. I'm going to paint, when my Angelo painted the, 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 the 16th chapter, he was painting his uncle. But he's white, so I understand why he's painting white. If I'm white, I'm painting what I see. Mm -hmm. And so, and so, and so what is happening, and then that the, the council, uh, the council of Marseille, wherever it was, that was in Europe. They had no, if, you know, so if you, if you don't take certain things out of the Bible and put something in, I'm more sure I'm, I'm going to make it, make it to where I am controlling the images mm -hmm. that is in the Bible. Right. And so we, we have preachers who's supposed to study and learn, and they're not, you know, and, well, that's true. and the reality is this, the, 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 the followers don't even read the Bible for twice a, a week, Wednesday night, Sunday morning. They don't even have no clue. Now do you that thing? Well, it's a wonderful thing that you brought this out because the greatest Christian of never lived was mistaken for an, uh, a resurrectionist, well, you know, an erectionist that came uh, out of Egypt. And he was asked, aren't you that Egyptian that led 5,000 men to slaughter? That was Paul. You know, he was asked that by uh, a Roman judge. We have to, uh, it's so much evidence in the Bible that it teaches the word uh, in the Bible, they directly mean black or burnt face. Well, we, we you know, it, it is so much, it's so much, you know, evidence there. If you ever notice, no white preacher's ever called and disagree with me because he know I'm not lying, telling you all the truth. But what they're banking on is black people never accepting the truth. That's what they're banking on, that we will never accept it and, and have it with it just the way it is. Sad situation.
being. It's not a mind, a thought of devotion. All right. Thank you for your call and comment. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. That was very interesting call. He, he got some things. He got, a, you know, some things right there. He, you see the word Bible. Bible is not a Hebrew word. That word Biblos, that's an Egyptian word. The word Bible himself. And then we can go on down the line and talk about the colors and everything. The basic color of all people from the beginning were black. Where was it? Africa. All your, you know, anthropologists, everybody agree with that. And, uh, but they don't like for, to discuss that among the general populace. It's a sad situation. White people, as well as black, they're left basically ignorant, ignorant about this situation. What can we do? Why can't we learn our own history? 972-647-1893. All right, Jacob. Jason, now uh, come on. Wait, this is James. All right. Good morning, James. Yes, James and Palestine. Good morning. Always a pleasure. Yes, I'm yes, ready. I'm going to say, mm-hmm. for the people in the, uh, the preachers and the church folks and all, I'm always saying something about them. In the Bible, there's a, you know, right now there's a lion spirit all over the America, all over the world. Let me give you a scripture right quick, Reverend Bonnet, so people can go look it up and see what's going on out here with this, this election lie and all these other lies. And we've always been taught. Lives don't tarry in the kingdom of God, which we know that. But let me give you a scripture right quick, and then thank you for letting me do this. The lion spirit can be found in First Kings chapter two, verse twenty-one. First Kings chapter two, verse twenty-one. Second Chronicles chapter eighteen, verse twenty. Second Chronicles eighteen, verse twenty. <clears throat> Excuse me, Reverend Bonnet. You know, over there in the New Testament, it talks about uh, Saint John eight forty-four calling the liar. The father of the lie, the murderer, which is Satan, the devil. That's who I hear. And last week, you and Mr. Wynn and others, we talked about in first, second Kings chapter five, verse twenty-seven, that leprosy, where the leprosy come up on where you said the white people, so they put a white Jesus up on our wall with long hair, curly hair, and all, and lying to people like we've been cursed because of the color black. That's not so. Like I said to many people, take the color black. And break it down, you can make every color in the world. Take every color in the world and mix them guys together. Guess what color they're going to wind up being? Black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the scripture, Reverend Burnett, that I, I say these things here. And people may get upset with me and say, you're not a Christian. Yes, I'm a licensed minister. I'm a man, child of God. But I say this. In the scripture, it say in St. Matthews 10, 28, St. Luke 12, 4, it says, Fear not the one that can destroy just the body. But the body and the soul. What can the police and the man do out here? They can only destroy the body. So black folk, color folk, whatever you call yourself, with your inferiority complex, you need to come on with the preachers in Dallas. You need to stand at the side of Reverend Wright, Reverend Barnett, and all the other men and women up there that believe church folk, get off y'all vessels. Tomorrow you have and at these funerals, you have everything filled up. Get your real in and here. Forgive me, Reverend Barnett, if I talk the wrong way, but I'm tired of seeing our men and women and children suffering and crying behind what police are doing. 
But we all, like I be saying, boycott. Come off the old baseball field, basketball courts and football field and things like that. Black people come together, brown people and all. It's happening to you. Just stop buying, stop doing, and let's get this thing together. Quit acting in the movies and things. Everybody come together and really be a child of God. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite and you're playing. I don't care if you're going to forgive me how I say it, like I say, but be upset with me like you were with Jesus. Crucify me. So we need to come together and with Reverend Barnett, he's not coming on there. He could be at home wrestling with his family, but he is trying to pull us together. Black people, brown people, even white people. Where are the decent people in this world that should be standing up and taking some of those bullets and quit killing black folks, quit doing brown folks, quit killing those Asians and doing it like that? Where are the decent people? Everybody out there from the sound of my voice, power, to me, you just a hypocrite. You can get all upset with me if you want to. This is what I see, Reverend Barnett, and I hear those people calling in on your program. Some of them are going to be calling behind me. But you're playing with the wrong one. You're playing with God. Anyway, I thank you for letting me say all of that, and I keep listening. I'm always faithful and, like I always say, ready to come to your side and do whatever I need to do to help you up there, even where I am down here. Mr. Wynn and I work very hard down here, but we have people down here in Palestine sleep. They're all over. They feel man rather than God, but they want to be assisted. Thank you for letting me say all I said, and God bless and keep you. And like I say, I'll stand ready to be at your side at any time. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Be blessed. Uh-huh. Thank you. Can I clear the line? 972-647-1893. Who do we have next? We have a call from Isaac. Isaac. All right. Good morning, Isaac. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. How are you doing this morning? Fine, fine. How are I'm you just, doing? I'm, just listening. I'm doing fine. I'm just listening to Brother James speak to you, mm-hmm. and I didn't hear him on the phone, but I called, so I was glad to hear he was already on before I got on the phone, mm-hmm. and all I'm going to do is just come along and just give him a couple of, you know, give the people a couple of scriptures that we're not racist, and we don't think we are racist, but the Bible said in Genesis 9, if I'm not mistaken, I didn't write it down, but I know it's in Genesis, I believe it's the ninth chapter. And about the sixth verse where God said in the word that from Noah's three sons, all the earth is populated. Mm-hmm. Now, we are all one family out of Adam and Eve, Noah and his children. Mm-hmm. We know that God is the only one in the word that he cursed it one person. And that person was one you spoke about last week in Second Kings, the fifth chapter. I always tell people to read Second Kings, fifth chapter. Read all twenty-seven verses. But the twenty-seventh one is the theme of the crop. But just don't skip to it. Read what was going on up to the twenty-seventh verse, and then we can it's all. Twenty-seventh chapter, we, fifth verse I mean, is the main chapter. Verse. Yeah, twenty-seventh chapter, chapter and the fifth verse. Mm-hmm. Go right here. Say that again. It's the it's the twenty-seventh chapter of Second Kings. 27th chapter. No. But the... 27th chapter, yes. Yeah. But, but the I fifth verse is the one that just comes right out and says what he did. Yeah, but I asked him to read the whole fifth, second... The 27th eighth, chapter. The whole, the yeah, whole yeah. 27th chapter. 27th oh, chapter. King, I mean, it's, second Kings 27. 20. And you get it. All right. Well, anyway, it's in Second Kings. Read it. And uh, it says that God cursed one person in the Bible. That's the only one that we can say had a curse on as a race. 
And it wasn't a race, it was just a person that he cursed. So we all came from No, he cursed that person and all and his seed. His descendants. His, yeah. yeah, his descendants. His, his all his descendants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From that point there, that's where the curse came in. And it went on till up to present. And it has said forever. So look at the word and go ahead and go with the word. Don't have no problem with somebody saying we are not talking about being better than nobody. Yeah. God is the one who made us all. Yeah, you're right. Therefore, we you, You're saying, sec- or, let's read in a second. Let's get this whole thing out. Second Kings, Kings 5.27. You're right. And then when yeah. we look at this thing, uh, it was it explains in to read the uh, fifth chapter. Uh, I understand what right. you're saying. That's to get the gist of the whole thing. What was really happening now? But see that yes, was sir. turned on us, and it was Amen. taught that we were cursed by because we are descendants of Ham. Some yes. of us is descendants of Ham, but well, some of us is descendants of Shem. And we have to understand, Japheth is the progenitor, is the father of the Aryan race. He was, he's not with him and Shem. Him and Shem cohabitated together, they lived together, and they worked, they went to war together. And many of the people that we think is a descendant of Shem, they know, they're considered, uh, I, I mean of Ham or Japheth, is consider is a descendant of him. We talk about Mesopotamia, that area. Who was the most famous Mesopotamian? Most famous one? Yeah. Was uh, let's see that um, what's the father-in-law? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Nimrod. I just tell you, take your time. Oh, okay. Nimrod, the, the yes. hunter, the mighty hunter. The mighty hunter. He was a direct descendant of him. Damn. And that's where, there's, that's where a lot of these uh, Masonic lodges, the founding of it is Nimrod. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the Masonic lodges come directly out of the Bible. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, they quote scripture out of the Bible. They name their biblical characters like King Hiram Tyree and others. Uh, they name from black kings and queens out of Africa. Yes, sir. See, we have so much of our own history that we don't know. That's us that they're talking about. And and, and see, yeah. it's, it has been ta- has never been taught in American school. And then rape we going, it won't be taught because we're not demanding that our children learn their true history. We're not demanding things like this. We don't demand anything. Just give us a dollar or two above our needs, and we, we're satisfied. We're satisfied with going on. But we still will eventually fall right back into that old hole that we were in. That's a sad situation. This is sad. Mm-hmm. Pastor, like you said, they're not being taught, and that's one of the reasons why I they are staying blind to the word because they get taught at these so-called schools mm-hmm. and they should ask who is the teacher because you, the Bible says to study for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you go through the Bible studying for yourself, you'll come out and start asking yourself questions. I know we know man have a history and we know that Christ came to the earth 
But yes, he didn't change himself in no way at all. But the word, we're looking at the Bible today, man has tried to change him. Like you say, you go to these churches and we got this blonde hair, blue eyed person on the wall, which is not scripture. That's why the scriptures say do not make anything in the image of God or try to even think you can comprehend God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, only thing we know that he said he made Adam and Eve and from all of those children came the world. From, from Noah's kids came the families of the earth after the flood. So these were brothers only, three brothers, and everybody is cousins. And although one of them was down the road and king, he got that curse put on him, he's still a cousin. That's all they are. We all family. One family God made, the human family, and that's it. All I'll right. I'll with that today. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, that clears the line. 972-647-1893. We're talking about it. Yes, we are one family on earth. But somehow, some way, disruption came in. Exploitation came in. Bigotry, hatred sneaked in. And the sad part about the whole situation, that spirit don't want to leave. That spirit wants to still hang in the minds, hearts, and souls of certain people. They don't want to change. Uh, if you search world history, there's never been a group of people that was so vicious toward other people. Wonder why? I wonder why. Why is it that if it's a mistake, take a police shooting? If it's a mistake, why is it that uh, uh, it's always the mistake is, uh, is on us? Think about it. Think about what's going on. We're talking about today's situation, and we're talking about the things that are happening. And it's just got to change, people. It's got to change. Well, right, we're up against a break, and you can reach me, 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Joyce Foreman. All right. Good morning, Trustee Foreman, Dallas Independent School District. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend Barnett. You're having a really interesting uh, conversation. I know you have this conversation all the time about knowing who we are Mm -hmm. and then being able to act in a positive manner on that. Mm-hmm. So I, gotcha. I wanted to speak um, to the community for just a minute to talk about an issue that's going on with Dallas ISD mm-hmm. uh, because I don't believe the community is aware of, of a certain situation. So um, I am concerned that um, Dallas ISD once again is going to consolidate two schools that are predominantly African-American. Um, mm-hmm. We continue to devastate the community with consolidating our schools and making them large schools while we create 
uh, small schools for others. Mm-hmm. And the history uh, and research shows that smaller schools work. Mm-hmm. So at the April the 8th board meeting, uh, Trustee Maxie Johnson uh, introduced a fact of consolidating Elijah M.P. This is in 75216. Mm-hmm. And we know that Could that, you give us uh, some streets in that area that might give people uh, just a little more? Sunnyvale, Ann Arbor, Linfield, Illinois, uh, those areas, okay. like in that area. Mm-hmm. So he wants to consolidate Elijah M.P. with W.W. Bushman, which is less than a mile away. But mm-hmm. W.W. Bushman has pulled themselves up to a B status as a school. Mm-hmm. Elijah M.P. has struggled uh, for years, at least six years, um, being a D or an F school. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put those two schools together, which would uh, make about uh, almost a thousand students. On one campus. Now, what is what, what level school is this? Uh, W. W. Bushman is the B level school. I'm talking about uh, uh, is it a uh, elementary or uh, middle school? Yeah, elementary school. Okay. Elementary. Uh, you saying they're going to have a thousand kids at an elementary school? And yes, yeah. and we are creating small schools for others. Uh, races of students. But this is going to really hurt our kids. We know in seven five two one six, our kids need nurturing. Uh, uh-huh. and they need. Uh, we know that research shows that smaller schools, in fact, um, kids do that. And mm-hmm. we need to put in the resources to be able to make sure that uh, our kids get what they need. Now, clearly, a new school is a great idea, mm-hmm. uh, but we we don't we're not as concerned with subpar schools as we are concerned with subpar education. Mm-hmm. And these children need the resources to be able to do what they need to do. And a thousand kids, struggling kids in the school, is not going to make it better. And we should not be doing that just for a building. Now, my from what I've been able to find out, the parents uh, of the students in those schools have not been notified. Is that right? So, so they are moving forward with this process without even notifying the parents. Uh, there was a community meeting on March the 9th. It was a Zoom meeting on March the 9th. Um, there's no record of who was at the meeting. Uh, because DISD did not do the meeting. It was done by Trustee Johnson. I tried to ask about the meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been told by people who were on on the on the uh, Zoom meeting uh, that there were no parents uh, on there. Uh, the teachers were notified after the Zoom meeting. So nobody really knew all of this was what's going on. And in the process, there's also a renaming of a school which did not follow board policy either. So we have a real situation, and I think the community needs to be aware of what we can't 
what we cannot do uh, is put our children in these kinds of positions. I've been fighting this since 2012, mm-hmm. uh, the closing of schools in our community, as you can recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2012, CISD closed 11 schools, and the majority of those were uh, in the African-American uh, community. In fact, one of them was the elementary school that I went to, which is Jews and Frazier. And the interesting thing about what they did with those schools is the majority of the closed schools in other communities were repurposed. But the closed schools in our community, like Frazier and and H.S. Uh, Thompson and Wheatley and Pearl P. Anderson, most of, most of those were shuttered and were not repurposed. We have worked to get some of that change, but it takes years to get those kinds of things reversed. Well, I am, let, let, could, could I ask you something? Uh, is this, when we look at this situation, what has happened to us over the last few years, is this racist? Well, it, in my opinion, it is. Because what they're doing is they are setting down schools that are basically in our community, which are schools that are predominantly African-American mm-hmm. uh, and combining. Uh, in the other areas, they are not combining to the extent that they're combining with us. And then they repurpose the schools that they close in the other areas. And they build new schools in other area too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, but do so we get any new schools in African American community? We do have some new schools in African American community, you know, particularly in my area. Uh, uh-huh. We have Tasmanian, we have Van Home, we repurposed uh, uh, Marcellus Elementary, uh, we did that one. So we do have some opportunities, but it's not at the same extent that they're doing it in other communities. Uh, in my area, I am uh, pretty firm about what happens over here, and the, the trustee before me, Trustee Ranger, was the same way. So we are fighting a tough battle, but my concern is, is that in other areas where you have predominantly African-American schools, we don't have that same kind of sense of urgency uh, to make sure that the administration doesn't do what they want to do. Now, you can remember, uh, you should remember, and I know you do, after mm-hmm. 2003, when we came from under the court order, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Hinojosa came in and closed down all the learning centers that were in South Right. So we, we see that pattern coming right back, and I am real concerned about that. So, Inahosa could be there, or uh, is there, practicing yeah. racism. Inahosa is there doing, I believe, what some of the uh, elite people like Todd Williams uh, commit is telling him that that's best for schools, and it's not best for schools, because he's not asking the people who really understand what goes on to make education work for all of us. Well, I, I think he knows it, but he knows he grew up in Dallas. He yeah, understands Dallas. He, yeah, kn- he, he, uh, he knows this city. Uh, but there are some things I've noticed that have been happening 
that happens uh, never seem to be good for the African-American community. Just like uh, uh, this guy that's uh, the trustee over South Oak Cliff. We left that school to get built back on top of a, a, a vile pit over there. And we think that thing is safe, and it's not. See, these things... We, 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 don't, we should have trustees strong enough to stand up and say, no, we're not going to tolerate this in our community. And we don't have a trustee in that area that's strong enough to say that. Uh, is afraid, I don't know what's going on with that, but it's not right. And see, it, it, it's one of those things, it's one of those situations where uh, we need to back up those who are standing up for us. We need to back them up. Yes. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. Sometimes I feel like uh, the long ranger, they used to call trustee ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I feel like that on, on the board. But, uh, I just think the community needs to be aware uh, of, of what is going on. There is no way that there's going to be the talk of, talk of closing a school in my area. And I don't have community meetings within that school to be able to talk to those immediate people. Mm-hmm. Not, not a group of people that I call the community. Mm-hmm. But to talk to the immediate people in that area. Uh, I remember the talk of trying to close Mark Twain in my area. But that didn't yeah. happen. So mm-hmm. I thought the community that lived in that neighborhood ran to the table to be able to express themselves and to be able to express what devastation that would be uh, in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what we have is, is, I don't know, we have too much apathy with our, our schools. And uh, we, we we need to get on top of it. People, we need to wake up, we become a part of it. We got uh, a, a very good trustee with Miss Foreman, but we have some sellout trustees. That's that's really no good on the Dallas Independent School District Board of Trustees, and we need to definitely. Uh, support people like Miss Foreman. People wake up, wake up to what's going on, because our children are being grossly miseducated and headed in a farther direction of miseducation because we don't have anyone to stand up and speak up. Well, yes, thank ma'am. you for mm-hmm. allowing me this opportunity to speak and have a blessed. Thank you for bringing us this information. Yes, thank you. Thank All you. right. Mm-hmm. Who do we have? Let's go to Gerald. All right. Good morning, Gerald. Hello, Gerald. Good morning. Yes, yes, I was calling. I wanted to make a comment about the uh, situation with uh, some black folks getting murdered by the police officers. Yes. Thank you, I have two sons in law enforcement. One uh, federal agent, mm-hmm. the other one is a uh, police officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most I experience when they're not in uniform, and of course, the FBI agent, uh, of course, I never know where he had at his assignment, let me call me. <clears throat> but with this killing that's going on, uh, but we got people got to, as you said earlier, 
being packed and, and take it as what it is. Mm-hmm. Pack. Mm-hmm. This country was started on the right foot. Am I right or wrong? I mean, this country. This country was started on the right foot? Is that what you said? Am I right or wrong? No, you're wrong if you said that. This, no, this country has never been on the right foot. They, they claim this is a Judeo-Christian nation. Never was. Those founding fathers were deists. They were not Christians. For the most part, they were deists. And, uh, and what makes the thing now that as the years go by, the continuous thing that is it's going to one day like that party, everybody looking in the sky, it's going to all of a sudden become magnificent and, 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 and we just go out here to walk the same down the street and not hear anything. It don't get better as it, the years go by. All the way it gets better is you make it better. Mm-hmm. And a country in this world, that lie about Gandhi saying he fought a war without shooting a bullet. Yeah, he wasn't shooting a bullet, but his soldiers were and still live. You ain't going to have peace until you make peace. Well, here's the thing about it. Once you get uh, a small victory here, you don't ever relax. You have to keep moving forward. Because those who are against us never relax. Never stop discriminating. It just has to be that way. All right. Thank you for your call. That closes the line. 972-647-1893. Who we have next? We have a call from Maxie Johnson. All right. Good morning. Uh, this is Trustee Johnson, is it? This is Trustee Johnson. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I mm-hmm. got several calls and able to able to tap into the show and heard some mistruth and misinformation. And I need to clear that up. All right. Clear it up. Well, first of all, uh, what Miss Trustee Foreman is saying is totally inaccurate. And this is just a political stunt because of what I'm doing right now. When I became a trustee, you must understand that my son and those kids did a protest and walked out of South Oak Cliff High School. I was the PTA dad to South Oak Cliff Earn Coalition, and we started at $11 million. And kids started this fight. I supported the kids, and I fought with the South Oak Cliff alumni. And every time those kids walked out and we came down to the board meeting and, and talked and spoke, they had to give us more money. We were fighting for equity at that particular time. Trustee Blackburn was the trustee. But we had to fight as a community to get the money where it is, which was $52 million. We asked for a new school. If anybody recalls, this is all documented and it's, in, it's, it's, on, it's been on the news and et cetera. As a community organizer, as a pastor in the community, we fought, and a parent, we fought for a new school. They promised us a full government innovation. By the time I became a trustee, and, 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 and fought with the South Oak Cliff alumni, the Southwest Coalition, and other organizations uh, with pastors in the community, we was able to get up to $62 million. And when I became trustee, I made sure that everything that was promised to the South Oak Cliff community and the kids was done. Now, that's what I did. Now, she's saying uh, about the, the uh, school as a... Uh, 
W.W. Bush. When, when Trustee Justin Henry did the, the Black Lives Resolution, Ms. Trustee Foreman, we asked for uh, Chief of Racial Equity. Ms. Foreman was the only trustee out of the three black trustees that fought us getting a Chief of Racial Equity. And that this, is, this, is, this is true. So when we throw in dark and giving misinformation and not being honest with the community, I'm not going to sit here and let someone assassinate my character when I'm known for standing up for the black and brown kids and the black kids in the community where I was raised at. Mm-hmm. Now, now you right say there. you uh, y'all started the uh, uh, fight to. Uh, Cleanse uh, South Oak Cliff to, to, yes, to fight to get. Oh, yes, this hap- when did this happen? 2016. Kids walked out. Yeah. My son led the but now the that has started years before that. Absolutely. No, no, no. I don't know what happened years before that. I'm. Well, I do. I know. No, no. She wasn't lying about that. That started years before that. That we were pushing the trustee at that time, to because they were not going, they did not really want to clean South Oak Cliff up, but I, that was a push from outside of that district to make sure South Oak Cliff, huh? I don't know what was pushed prior to me becoming involved when my son. Well, I, that's when you see you 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 became involved here in the late years. But this yes, this fight this fight have gone on long before now to Reverend really Barnett. to clean up South Oak Cliff. Let me say this, Reverend Barnett. No, I'll let you talk. No, I'll let you talk. Now you listen. Let me tell you something. This fight started long before South Oak Cliff I was put. Most people even knew about it. it was, the, the school was supposed to cost. $95 million for a brand new school there. But the powers that be now in the Dallas Independent School District that during the time of the rebuilding of uh, South Oak Cliff cut it down to $54 million. And when they did this, this left all that asbestos and everything else in the building and on the ground. The grounds were supposed to have been cleared off more than an inch deep. All of that all. See, I know this from the very beginning. I don't talk about things. I don't come in and talk about things I don't know about. Most of the time, I was in on it or either initiated it. So I know and be, and have been dealing with it for years. You have done, even when I was a child, you, you know my whole family. I know you your family. Done, you have done a lot for the black community. No one can ever question your involvement and, and your advocacy for what you have done in Dallas, Aki, that you do not get credit for. And I'm saying it online because I want people to know that I'm 43 years old and my generation, those in my generation, uh, stand on the shoulders of uh, guys like you and, uh, and other elected officials that have fought. We wouldn't be able to, to be where we are right now if it wasn't for uh, your generation and the fight that you all uh, paved the way for us. And I, I want to recognize that and say that. So what I can speak of, I can only give accountable or give account to my involvement uh, and my son's Right. That's what you're supposed to do, tell of the historicity of it. But, yes, sir. 
But uh, now let's look at this whole thing. I'm still, I'm still upset about South Oak Cliff. Those kids are still going to a contaminated school. Oh, they face it up. It's much prettier now than it used to be and all of this. But other kids in other parts of the town, other ethnic groups, wouldn't, they wouldn't dare put in a, in, in a contaminated school. The fight for South Oak Cliff should still be going on to make them fix that school the way it's supposed to be fixed. Look here, I'm out of time. Oh, oh Lord, I'm, I didn't realize I was that far over. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for your call and comment. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and ready for our number two, a church information and open forum by Marion Barnett, your host. All righty, do we have the barrister on this morning? Good morning, uh, barrister. Are you there? I am here. <laughs> I hope I don't do like I did you last week, man. Man, I don't. Oh, my mind just went blank last week. Oh, that was a second Saturday. I'm not. Uh, but now anyway, a good job. yeah, well, we got so much going on. We got so much going on. Uh, I've never seen anything like what's going on now. And in the, and to cap all this off, we're in the middle, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and all that. And every day, like every time I turn around, I'm getting calls and people are telling me about people that I know, know very well. They did. You know, that, 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 it's rough. This is rough. This is yeah. very, very, very rough. Very rough. But anyway, uh, we uh, got some legal things still going on. Yeah. In the midst of all these deaths and uh, unexpected deaths, see, some people, everybody's not lasting a long time with these with what's this uh, COVID? Some people die quickly and different things unexpectedly, and uh, uh, that that can cause a lot of problems because what percentage of African Americans have wills? Oh, I mean, let's say over over fifty. Oh, I was probably probably around five percent or so. How how much? I say probably about five percent. Is that all? Uh, based upon the contacts that I have received from African Americans in the community over a period of time, it, 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 it's about 5%. The others uh, do not have those. Now, it's increasing uh, more than it has been. Um, it but, is. But the danger is that a lot of people are going online and pulling out forms and trying to do wills. Mm -hmm. And I tell them up with a form or whatever, you still need to consult with an attorney. Don't just go online and fill out a form and think you have a will. Because mm -hmm. uh, in all probability, that, that form has problems and it's not going to be admitted to probate. 
Oh, so okay. you need to get consult with an attorney and make sure that the form that you pulled off online is one that's acceptable in the state of Texas. So in other words, if you want a valid will, that uh, any of the will. judges or anybody else will accept. Exactly. Uh, it's best to get an attorney to get the deal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. At least consult with an attorney. And if you decide you're going to get a form, you need to consult with an attorney anyway to make sure that that form is accurate and correct. Oh, okay. Okay. What percentage of white America has a will? Over 50? Well, now, you know, I, I, have, I have a number of white clients, but I, I don't want to speculate. Well, I can speculate that it's uh, uh, probably 70% or so. Is that right? Oh, yeah. 70% yeah. of white people, 5% of black people. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and part of that is, is based on economic status. You know, since, mm-hmm. since white, there's a disparity in terms of economic status. There's uh, um, more whites than in the higher economic status, and, right. and they, they don't have wills, whereas a lot of African Americans are not, and mm-hmm. they do not have wills as a consequence of it. So, but it's, it's starting to turn, but we still have a long it's way turning to turning slow. Oh, yeah, we are, yeah, it's turning slow. We have a long way to go. And consequently, we have a lot of people who their parents, their grandparents, died without will. And as a result of that, they have a problem trying to keep and maintain their property. So I always encourage the families to, to, to get together and communicate with each other and find out to the best extent possible where their parents and grandparents, uh, you know, the status of the property that their parents and grandparents may have owned mm-hmm. and then passed away and, and, and without a will or without any uh, legal advice or at least legal guidance. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people uh, try to leave their wills similar to, it was done biblically, they would always give it Maybe we put the person in, and you know, out front with the for their will would be their oldest son. That has always been a tradition, uh, the oldest son. But that is that a good tradition? I don't. Uh, I would say no. I think that that when you decide on how you want to pass your wealth from one generation to the other, you take into consideration a lot of different things, not just the oldest child or the oldest son, uh, but you take into consideration, you know, the uh, how the person is informed, how they are uh, willing to receive and gather information, do they have intellectual curiosity so that they can learn how to receive the necessary assets and to investigate and receive information so that that asset that you worked so hard to achieve, that they are able to receive it and, and, and allow for an opportunity for it to grow. And that's the way we need to look at it in terms of passing the wealth from one generation to the other. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to join this conversation, call us at 972-647-1893. Jason, uh, uh, bring a call up. Yeah, we got Carolyn Arnold online. All righty. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Pastor. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? 
Oh, good. I just quickly, uh, I wanted to make sure I, I was online, just wanted to remind uh, the listening audience that Good Street Baptist Church, located at 3110 Bonneview, mm-hmm. is now not only a, a vaccine, um, a registration site testing for COVID, mm-hmm. we also are taking, giving vaccinations. And so individuals are able to come in, they can walk in, uh, no problem, they can register on site. But the station, the site is open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 o'clock, and then Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 o'clock. But once again, we have the vaccination site where you have either Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson, and then you also have the site where you can see a test. But it's just an honor to have the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance to be a partner with Good Street mm-hmm. and the city of Dallas to put that, uh, their investment mm-hmm. their dollars have to bring the doctor to this location. So we're very excited. So that's once again, 3110 Barneyview Road, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 o'clock p.m., and Saturday from 9 do, to 2 p.m. Do, do they, they have to receive a call to go there? Or, uh, they, you can just pull in there? They just pull in. They just pull in and walk in. And is that right? In, walking in and walking out. It's just that simple. And so that's why it's just such an honor to have the IMA to put their money where their mouth is and invest in our community. And 7521 couldn't be more prouder to have a group of pastors and faith-based initiative uh, leaders who are concerned about our health. And we've got to get the shot in those arms. And I'm glad to be a partner with them. All so right. To put that out Pastor Wilson and Pastor Bishop Edwards, they, they were running the spearheading it, so we want to continue to applaud them, and I'll be there, of course, this morning, bringing folks in and reminding them they can walk in, register, get that shot in the arm, and feel a little bit more secure. So thank you for allowing us to share that information with the public, and we've got to roll it up and stay woke. All right, thank you. Those of you who might have missed the beginning of what she said, go over to Good Street Baptist Church, and... uh you see, you can get your COVID shot. I for, uh, is she still there? Uh, I forgot. Is, 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 I, I don't know if they give me shot one or shot two. Uh, both of them, I don't know what they give me. But go over there. If you haven't had your COVID shot, uh, go over to Good Street. You know, right there near East and uh, Bonneview Road. All righty. 972-647-1893 is the number to call. Who do you have, um, Jason? This is Randy. Randy, all right. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. How y'all doing? Fine. How are you? I'm being blessed. Thank God. I'm glad it rained today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I want to make a little public service announcement that I heard also about the vaccine before I asked the attorney a question. In the last few days, I've been hearing on uh, the other radio station, 90.1, that, that the... Uh, Fair Park Place uh, vaccine location that you can call or go online and get the same day appointment or the next day appointment. Uh, anyone who's an adult over 16, or you can go out there uh, without an appointment if you're over 55 and get in line two and line 10 mm-hmm. at Fair Park without an appointment if you're over 55. And my question mm-hmm. is to the attorney, how hard is it, would it be, if, some, if you don't have the money to uh, write up a will and all the things that go along with it, would it be easier to, for a person, say, for example, my dad was going to leave me the house, 
and all my other family members knew that, would it be easier and less cause involved if my dad just went ahead and put my name on the title with his? So when he passed away, I was already on the title for the property. That's my question. Uh, yes, that uh, what you do, what you can do, is put the property in what we call joint tenancy. So if he added your name onto the deed as a under a joint tenancy arrangement, which has a right of survivorship as part of its its uh, uh, definition. Then that's a non-probate asset, and you and so if if either one of the joint tenants pass away, it automatically goes to the survivor. Uh, but he would have to convey half of the interest in the property to you as, as a joint tenant, and and that would be stated on the deed. So. The idea is if you have your property and your name is on the deed and you want to uh, transfer the property upon your death without doing a will, you have to come, you go consult an attorney, get a deed uh, drawn up, and you convey half of the interest uh, to your property to, to your whoever you are designated. And have a right of survivorship. It needs to be a joint tenant. Now, the thing that you have to take into consideration, and I always tell people you consult with an attorney because if you have a, uh, if your property is designated as a homestead and you have a homestead exemption and you're a senior citizen and you have a senior citizen's exemption, you want to make sure that if you are going to do that, what effect, if any, it would have on the status of your property and, and the effect on your property tax. So, all right, do that. All right, you get that? Hello, I guess he's gone. I don't know. All I right, he's gonna hang up and listen. Oh, yeah, he did say that. All right, nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three is the number to call. We up against a short break. We'll be right back. Church information in open forum. You can reach us at 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Jason? We have a call from Joe. Joe? All right. Good morning, Joe. How you doing, Rick? How you doing? Fine. How are you this morning? Oh, outstanding, outstanding. Counselor, how you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. That last question that the guy posed about the uh, putting the uh, names on and having a living tenant there when it passes on, how they have to go, uh, you nailed it. I'm, a, I'm the heir or the owner of the property. I got that same weight. It's a family house, and my mother put me on uh, the deed with her. And when she passed away, uh, it came to me. And what happened after that tax year that she passed is that the person <laughs> expired. Uh, her name will be on for that year. 
And that following tax year, her name completely drops off. They check the debt certificate, what have you, and you're owned as a sole heir and owner. And and uh, but you was exactly exactly right for that because I was a little bit concerned because her name stayed on for a while. But they told me that looking at the death certificate, that following tax year, her name falls off, and I sold on her. But while she was a living tenant, she had sole right if she wanted to tear a room off, knock the top off, whatever she wants to do, she can do it. But uh, you become the person uh, to go to as sole owner once she or he passed away, whoever owned the property. But my question is uh, for you, uh, Counselor, you hear uh, in families many times it's best to put one name on the property, if it's a house or some house and some acreage or what have you, as opposed to putting all the children's name on where there's a family involved. And, you know, in the black family, a lot of times it's a lot of us. I've heard the pros and cons. One being that it's best to put one name on uh, a so-called responsible person. And then I've heard the other side of the coin that it's best to put all the children's name on. But I've seen a problem with that in that if one becomes, for example, a crackhead, and all of a sudden he gets angry and some old attorney is whispering in his ear or some just old person out of the say, get your part out of that. And it forces, it triggers a sale. And they can't afford to pay him out, so they have to sale. And there goes family property that Momo and Papa always wanted to stay in the family. What is your, my question is, do you think it's best would it be suggested one name on, or uh, all the children's name on? My, what I, first of all, like I say, <clears throat> if you are, if you are the owner of, of property, and your name is on the, on the deed, it must be your name on the deed, you're not talking about the tax code, but the deed, then you consult with an attorney, and if you decide you want to uh, have a joint tenancy ownership with a right of survivorship, then you can do that. I suggest that you keep it to a minimum. I suggest that it be one, uh, and, and no more than two, but one would be the best way, because otherwise, if you have more than one as uh, a joint tenant, then that's, they become owners of an undivided interest, and that's what you're talking about. Undivided right. interest in the whole property. And as a result of that, one of them decides that they want to pull cash down or they want to sell, then it, the property would have to be partitioned. And the partition would be either they buy that person out or it goes to the court. The court will order a sale and split the proceeds. So if you're trying to get into a joint tenancy, you, you want to I'll put your property on joint tenancy or make it a non-probate asset. Consult with an attorney. Take your deed. Go to the attorney and, and advise the, tell the attorney that you want your property to be in a joint tenant, tenancy and you decide who the other person would be. Okay. So what you're saying is that your advice be, uh, as opposed to maybe if it's eight children or what have you, as opposed to putting eight names on, go with maybe one or two names. I, I would suggest one. That's, that's, what, that's what I was leaning toward, because I got a situation in my uh, wife's family is developing similar to that. Because I've seen a lot of property uh, that has been lost because one guy wants his money out, and they can't pay him out or buy him out. 
and it enforces a sale, and there go your family property that Paul Paul wanted to stay in the family forever and ever and ever more. That's, that's correct. That's because they uh, have an undivided ownership interest in the entire piece of property, and, and they, the only way they can get their, their money out is they have to be partitioned, that requires a sale for the most part. Right. Thank you. Thank you for being a sober. Uh, 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 thank you for, the, for all the good you do there, Reverend Nick. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. All right. They close the line, 972-647-1893. You, uh, we're on with Attorney Malcolm Walker right now. Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Malcolm Walker? I do. I He's in my mind. I understand. <laughs> Yes. Well, we need to find him. Yeah, <laughs> he's in my, in my mind. Attorney Malcolm Robinson. All yeah. right. But uh, you got all the lines full, and uh, Jason is on the line right now. But it, explain to us. You, he said one person can cause the whole family to get rid of the property. Is that really true? Okay. Yeah, the idea, when we talk about a joint tenancy, we got to make sure we understand. Mm-hmm. You own your property as the owner of you and your wife. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you decide that you uh, want to be able to transfer that property upon your passing and your wife's passing mm-hmm. to another person. You, you enter, you deed, convey... Uh, ownership into a joint tenancy where you and the and the other person own the property together. And as a joint tenancy you have a right of survivorship. So if one person dies that automatically goes to the other. That's a non probate aspect. Mm-hmm. Okay, what he's talking about uh was suggesting well, in certain some cases they'll have more than one person as a joint tenant. And they become uh uh, ownership of an undivided interest. Mm-hmm. When you have that situation, that can create a problem. That's why I say you consult with an attorney before you make that decision. So you realize what you are trying to do, the effects of what you're trying to do, and to make sure that it's going to accomplish the purpose and the goal in which you uh, desire for it to accomplish. Because otherwise, it's going to create problems. Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, if you go back to, say, my generation on back or something like that, most families had a lot of children. Yes. See, families aren't as big now as they once were. But yes. I remember growing up as a kid, we, we had families of 12, 15, you know, right. 18 children. And yes. uh, that really could cause some problems. I, 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 I don't know. Uh it's like, uh, why did you choose to choose this kind of law? Well, uh, you know, uh, I, I well, we decided to concentrate more in the probate area. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, because of the fact probate also includes real estate, so we do a lot of real estate yeah. automatically. Well, yeah. one is because the African American population uh, uh, was. Well, uh, getting older, mm-hmm. uh, the African American population was acquiring more ownership interest, and we know it, and we realized that a lot of African Americans who were baby boomers 
uh, was dying off, and there was more and more problems created within the family structure. And African Americans was losing their right title and interest in assets that they had worked hard to achieve over their lifetime. So we focused, we decided to focus uh, more of our practice in the probate real estate area. But we do others. I mean, we do contracts, we do insurance, we, you know, we do that. We just don't do criminal, and we don't do family law. Okay. Your your knowledge of family law helps you in the probate area because it, it involves uh, family. Let me get to the phone lines, because we got people been waiting a long time. Uh, bring, bring me up a call. Before we do that, Malcolm, could you give out your contact information? We had some callers want to know what your phone number is. Oh, yes. Uh, my number is 214-941-0717, extension 303. That's 214-941-0717. Extension 303 at the law firm of Robinson and Hopkins. Yeah, that's good, good, because people ask me for it all the time. Yes. <laughs> well, my memory is not what it used to be. <laughs> I, used to have a, I used to have a phenomenal memory. Memory, uh, memory I used to have. I had a photographic memory. Well, I, I don't know. have it anymore. <laughs> I understand. All right, bring us a call. Uh, all right, we got a call from Ike. Ike, all right, okay. Go ahead, I. Hey, uh, good morning, Reverend Boy. I'm here in the chimney, Robert. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Uh, let me start out by Reverend Boy. Thanking you for what you did on the previous hour when you, uh, you know, addressed the issue with our community. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Trustee Johnson never talked about W.W. Bushman. He only wanted to talk about Capitol Hill, and that's not what Miss Foreman called in and talked about. But Mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask uh, uh, the attorney a question. I inherited, me and my brothers inherited a building, a building on a lot. And we inherited with another relative. And the building is vacant and it's becoming a liability. And me and my brothers want to sell, but our other relative, he just won't sell and she's holding us hostage. So what do we do? Because if somebody gets hurt uh, on that property, we're liable, but we can't sell, we can't open up a business, we get stuck. So what are the way out of those kind of situations? Well, uh, again, you have you your uh, own property, undivided interest in the entire piece of property. So when you have a situation like that, and the family members or the, or the multiple owners cannot come together on, on either the, how they hold the property or manage the property. Then the, the only solution is to partition the property. And that calls for a sale. So that puts you between a rock and a hard place. Because you, you can end up losing the property. Or the, uh, the other, you can join together and buy out. Those who disagree with how the property should be owned or managed. But if you don't do that, then you have to move for partition, and that'll require a sale and division of the proceeds. You understand what I'm partition saying? Partition the court? You get a lawyer and partition the court. You, 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 you get a lawyer, retain a lawyer, and you move one person or a group of uh, people who are the owners 
a move to partition the property. That's an action that you take. And the way they partition the property would be to put it up for sale and divide the proceeds according to your interest of ownership. Okay. All right. Well, thank and you. I, that defeats the purpose, though. See, that's, that's the problem with that, is it can defeat your purpose, because you end up losing the property, unless one of y'all, a uh, smaller group, or if we, uh, can buy out the other. Well, we just holding on to the property, paying taxes, and that's all we've been doing for the last eight years. So I don't think it's going to defeat our purpose, but I, 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 I probably call y'all out, Mr. Ram. Thank you. Okay. Uh huh. Thank you for your call and coming. I close the line. 972-647-1893. All righty, who do we have? All right, we have a call from Reverend James who said he had an announcement. Yes. Good morning, Reverend. How are you doing, Reverend? God bless you, Reverend Church. Yes. Uh huh. I was intended to call you, and this is going to show you guys how to turn the rocks Thank you, our neighborhood definitely that I intended to call you earlier, but it's going to be on the show. Uh, I am running for the Dallas City Council District 7, number six on the ballot, but we're having a town talk in South Dallas today at 1 o'clock, and we think there are 7209 uh, MLK Boulevard, and the event center at that MLK and Colonial. And we want to talk to the community, and we need to be out there cleaning that staff out. We got a clean program out there now. We're trying to start right there on the MLK with Paris Martin Luther King name. We want to clean up and bring some businesses there, represent ISIS, and represent our community, and make the change with the seven and all of East Dallas and the Pleasant Grove area where you know we all have circles in there to help our people all the way up to the field college and in the Zaki area. And so I'm excited. I just want to share that that we have the one o'clock. We have a meeting. Everybody has one free to come out and be a part. And here is how yes, our program is youth 35 and under. We want to strengthen our youth, empower them, pull down this crime, and for economic jobs too to be flexible in our seniors, safety, security, so they can be satisfied that we can take it to the next level. All righty. Okay. We thank you for your call. Uh, and that clears the line, 972-647-1893. Uh, uh, Attorney Robinson, would you give us your number again? Because somebody will come up surely today. Uh, yeah. Go eat lunch or something. Ask for your number. Yeah. <laughs> my my uh, number is 214-941-0717. Extension 303, 214-941-0717, Extension 303, and the law firm is Robinson and Hoffman. Uh, have there ever been a split wheel that you know of? I'm sure you do. Uh, well, the husband and the wife passed at closely at the, to the same time. But had okay. two different wheels. Okay. Okay, you say they, they uh, when you say split wheel, I, I wasn't quite clear on what you were saying about split wheel. Is that what you mean? They had, she uh, had one and he has one. Oh, yeah. That would be advisable. Uh, if you, if it you is? married, uh, 
each spouse should have a will, an individual will, not not a joint will. We 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 do not advise joint wills, but you can do a joint will, but we don't advise it because uh, it can it could get more complicated and and it can be more costly depending on on how it's structured. So we we always advise people to get individual wills. Uh, could you hold on that, because I'm out of time right now. We'll come back and fin- we'll finish answering that. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, and you're on with uh, Attorney Malcolm Robinson. If you like to call in quickly and get a, let me do it like If you like to call in and have a question for Attorney Robinson, a quick question, we can do it like that. Try uh, uh, and uh, and uh, he, he might can give you a quick answer. But remember, that's just a quick answer. That's all. But okay, uh, Attorney <laughs> uh, Robinson, uh, that, that, that those two wheels. Oh, I ask you about. Yeah. Uh, they t- got two different wheels. Yeah. W- which way would that dominant go? To the survivor yeah. or what? Well, you, you, yeah, whoever, whoever survives. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 uh, both spouses have wheels and one passes before the other. Mm-hmm. Then it's then. Uh, if they leave everything to the surviving spouse, then it, it, it goes to the surviving spouse. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, uh, like I said, we always advise people to do individual wills, not joint wills. Oh, okay, okay. So, you know, that's, that's, so each spouse would have their own separate will as opposed to being a joint will. In a time like this, uh, are uh, divorces as rampant now as they were? Uh, let's let's go back. Well, about seemed like twenty five, thirty years ago or more, when they really had gotten began to get so rampant. Are uh, they as rampant now as they used to be? I would say yes, uh, uh, because you know I always say that you know the biggest cause of a divorce is a marriage. So, <laughs> but you may have let people get married. Nowadays, than we did back then, but the divorce rate, I would say, is about the same, even though I don't do divorces anymore. Oh, you don't do divorces? Not as, no, I don't do divorces. Someone asked me about you doing a, a divorce the other day. Well, uh, you know, they can call, and I, you know, I, 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 I refer them to other. I used to do divorces, but I don't do that anymore, though. Yeah. But they asked me, <laughs> uh, whose side do you think that lawyer you have on? Whose side do you think he'd be on? I don't know. I, I, they, they, I don't know what people think these are. Uh, this is, they think, uh, and do they think you lawyers actually have to take sides or something? Or what? Oh, uh, well, lawyers, lawyers uh, no, they don't take sides. If you, if, as a professional, you, you are... And you are trained to do both sides. So uh, if you're talking about both sides of any issue or any case, you are, you should be able to do both sides. Now, you may not do both sides because you don't, you know, but you're trained to do both. Mm-hmm. So, 
What is this? this take this uh, lawsuit. Uh, what's what's the rapper's name and uh, the Kardashian? This was this a oh, multi-billion-dollar lawsuit or whatever it was. Yeah, Kanye West. Yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the question? And uh, his wife. They had yeah. uh, a multi-billion dollar lawsuit. Is that something that's very hard to work out? Or how, how do how would something like that go? Well, they uh, you, you talking about they getting a divorce? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. I uh, think they got one, didn't they? I'm not sure. I mean, it seemed to me I'd heard, but uh. I mean, it's a it's a divorce, just like any other divorce. But there's a lot more assets and property uh, issues involved, and so it becomes more complicated and a lot more uh, costly for them. But you know, they they have money they need to do to work those things out. Mm-hmm. And, and the divorce, uh, I think they're in California, so that's the community property state as well. Texas is community property state, so it depends on what state jurisdiction that you're in mm-hmm. and what you file for the divorce. Oh, okay. All right, now let me go to the let me go to the phone line. All right. Now, who do we have here? We got a call from Brenda. Brenda. All right. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. I was calling to ask the attorney, can uh auto place put a lien on your house if the car was repossessed? Uh, and my my mother co-signed for my granddaughter, and they put a lien on her house. Okay, you say that somebody uh, owned a vehicle and the vehicle was repossessed? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they shouldn't be able to put a lien on your house because of the fact that the car was repossessed unless you put your house up as uh, collateral or something regarding a loan. In other words, if you, yeah. if you own a house and you and you want to borrow money to buy a car, and you put your house up as collateral for the loan, and then the car is repossessing, you don't pay the loan, then they they will try to foreclose on it that way. Cosigner, what is that cosigner really saying when he cosigns, say, a house or a car or whatever? Is his is is his property or uh, her property? Is it up to be repossessed? Can it be repossessed through a co-signature? If if you put the property up as collateral for the loan to secure the loan, uh huh. So, uh, and you co-sign a loan with someone else and you put your, your asset or your property up to collateralize and secure the loan, then when the, when, when you are unable to pay it, 
Then they'll try and, and grab the assets of the security for the loan. Oh, okay. I see. I, I tell you where, uh, 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 Attorney Robinson, uh, could you give us the number one more time? Because we're completely out of time. Give us your number one more time. Okay, 214 941 0717, extension 303. All right. 914 0717, extension 303. Robinson and Hopkins. All right, Attorney Malcolm Robinson. That was his, his number. Got to get out of here. Got to run. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for calling. Thank all of you. Got to have, have a wonderful week. Tomorrow morning, 9 30. Marion Barnett Sr. Tune in with us and have touch with us tomorrow morning. Bye-bye. You better think about it or you won't be around. It's what we need is a little bit of love. Send by one from heaven up above. Take a picture, it's simple and plain. This ain't no game.